So that's where that's where it started. And then now I coach many, many, many people to launch very successful podcasts because I like I teach from that place of this is what I got wrong. This is what I don't want you to have to go through. And um, I like that evolution of of growth because ultimately the more we can communicate what we're about, the more we can help people. Welcome to the Art of Communication, where entrepreneurs learn to grow their business more effectively through mastering their ability to connect to others. Whether you're looking to increase revenue, widen your network, or just getting others to buy into your vision, we'll help you dramatically transform your business and life by communicating more effectively, improving your leadership skills, and reinvesting time back into your family. You're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and your life. So let's start the conversation with your host, Greg Rice. Have you guys ever had a prospect tell you yes, but then disappear off the face of the earth? Or maybe you've given someone on your team very clear instructions just to find out that they actually did the opposite. I know that I've struggled with these challenges more than I would like to admit. And I really wanted to learn a better way to read my customers, my team, and the most important people in my life so that I could communicate with them more effectively. And the most powerful way that I found to do this is to learn to read body language and micro expressions. You see, their body and expressions will tell you the truth about how they really feel, even when their words do not. It's an incredibly powerful skill to learn and one that I want you to learn. And that's why I partnered with the leaders in body language training for business people to offer you a free six-week e-course on body language and micro-expressions. In this free course, you'll learn what micro-expressions are, why are they so powerful, how to spot them, and then how to read them. You'll learn how to make accurate readings, which is so important. You'll learn body language with a big focus on positive body language to understand when things are going really well. You'll learn how to read minds in real time and actually see a demonstration of this. And maybe most importantly, you'll learn how to spot lies and so much more. These folks have trained over 50,000 business leaders and the work has been published in the Harvard Business Review. The concepts have been proven to boost EQ by 10% and sales by 20%. So this is really powerful stuff, guys, that you'll definitely want to check out. So you can sign up for your free six-week e-course at bodylanguagemastery.gregjrice.com. Again, that's bodylanguagemastery.gregjrice.com. And make sure you guys go check that out to ensure that you're never left wondering what happened to that sale or why your team member did the opposite of what you expected them to. What's going on, guys? Today, I sat down with Anna Parker Naples. Anna is the host of the Entrepreneurs Get Visible podcast, which is a number one ranking podcast. She's also founder of the podcast membership. She's a visibility coach where she helps her clients create chart-topping podcasts of their own. And she's even an award-winning voice actress. So we talked about how she actually struggled to get visibility with her initial podcast and then what she figured out and how she figured out to turn the game over and really blew up. We talk about how she helps her clients to do the same today, and we even got into some of her voice acting background and how you can use your voice as a tool to connect more effectively. So Anna was great and a lot of fun to speak with, and if you're thinking at all about starting a podcast, you need to check this episode out. Anna, welcome to the Art of Communication podcast. How's it going today? 
Yeah, good today. It's actually snowing here in the UK where I'm living, which is kind of mm. nice. It looks very pretty outside. <laughs> I am looking at a snow-covered uh, cul-de-sac as well. Ah, very nice. I think it's it's just nice, isn't it? If you're going to have a winter where you can't go out much, you might as well have it looking picturesque. <laughs> indeed, indeed. I just I'm a little tired of shoveling, but other than that, it's it's not too bad. Thing is, we're in lockdown, so there's no shoveling because no one's going anywhere. So it all just looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. So excited to get into a lot of topics with you today. Obviously, a ton to share around how entrepreneurs can share their story via podcasting as you've done that very successfully. Also, I'm curious to ask a few questions around voice acting as you have a depth of expertise Mm -hmm. there. But before we go into that, I'd love to just hear from you. How did you get into the podcasting space to begin with? I started my first podcast about four years ago now because I had this big idea that I wanted to have from no, no one knowing me, no one knowing anything about me. I felt like I had a really big mission and a really big purpose, which was to help other people unlock their own potential. And I think that's a place that a lot of purpose-driven podcasters start from. Mm -hmm. But I had absolutely no idea. In truth, I'd never listened to a podcast, but I have this wealth of audio background, which I'm sure we'll get into as we go through today. So I knew that my audio was going to be great quality, but I couldn't get that podcast to really work. And I'd look around me and I'd think, well, why, particularly in America, why are There's some really hard-hitting, massively growing podcasters. What are they doing that I'm not? And at that point, I really delved into what's the difference here? What don't I know? If I'm going to do this, if I'm going to use audio as a medium, I want to make sure I do it to the best of my ability. So that's where that's where it started. And then now I coach many, many, many people to launch very successful podcasts because I like I teach from that place of this is what I got wrong. This is what I don't want you to have to go through. And um, I like that evolution of, of growth because ultimately, the more we can communicate what we're about, the more we can help people. No, absolutely. So what are some of the keys that you uncovered that really helped you transform from being a podcast where you weren't getting the visibility you were hoping for to, to really taking off? I realized that there's some quite key components that you do behind the scenes on a podcast to make it great in terms of being super clear about what every episode is about. Before, when I would put a podcast episode out, I'd maybe put the the guest's name, which is fine. They might have an interesting story, but if you don't know who they are, why would you tune in? Mm -hmm. Uh, We keyworded everything. We thought very clearly about making sure the title of my show was result driven. People knew who it was for. They knew if it was for them. They knew if they needed the thing that we promised and that that followed through behind the scenes in everything that we did. We search engine optimize everything in the show. And so we, when we launched it, my second podcast, because I felt at this point, lots of people were coming to me to ask me about audio because of my background. And I really Mm -hmm. did believe that if I'm going to teach people how to use this as a medium, I want to teach from a place of I really do know how to do it and have those that proof. And when we launched it, it actually became a number one show in many countries around the world and even number nine in the US, which is incredibly hard for particularly someone in the UK to do. I don't have many, or at the time, I didn't have many followers in the States. So it was quite incredible to see then what that did for my business and my brand. Mm. And I want that for other people. I think many of us have important things that we need to share and no one can hear us if we don't get louder. So yeah. that for me is what it's all about. So true. So really being intentional about who each episode was targeted for, what was the value communicating that, 
and then optimizing from a search engine perspective are really two of the key things that drove your growth. Yeah, and and launching with intent and with impact. One of the one of the things that I see a lot of podcasters do, they want to dip their toe in the water without fully committing. And partially I think that's because they're a little bit scared about getting their message out there. There's a confidence element. But there's this unique window when you launch where anyone who knows you is kind of on your side because they want you to win. Mm-hmm. So if you hide it from them, you can't call in that goodwill. And also the way the algorithms work in in places like Apple and Spotify, they're watching the new shows that have traction from the word go. And some people say, well, you know, trying to get in the charts is maybe a vanity metric and it doesn't mean anything. Well, I'd kind of counteract that with saying, okay, so you, you're probably not going to stay there unless you have a following like Tony Robbins, for example. Mm-hmm. But what will happen is Apple and Spotify and Stitcher will suddenly think, oh, this show is doing something, it's moving. And so organically, they will then promote it to the people that you want to tune in. Mm-hmm. And that for me then, you you have then been, you are then able to communicate your message to many more people who need to hear you. And that's powerful. That's not just a vanity metric. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'd say that my launch kind of week or weeks were hugely important to the show, you know, and I really did. I was very purposeful in thinking about, you know, who do I want to share this with and what's the message that makes sense for them and how can they get value out of it? But then also how can they help me uh, around the launch of it and listening and downloading and reviewing and all those things. Um, yeah, and it was really important things. to the launch of the show for sure. And I think if you're, if you have a business you, you, or a message that you care about, why wouldn't you give it the due diligence? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, I mean, I, I was, I've been listening to many episodes of your podcast on, over the last week or two. And, you know, you haven't been podcasting for, for a very, very long time. Mm-mm. And yet your show has grown and you've got a great following and you're getting great results from it because you're intentional. You've not just said this week we're going to talk about anything. People know why they're tuning in to the art of communication. And they also understand the value that you're going to bring, whether it's through you or the people that you bring onto the show. And I think that's really important. Yeah, yeah. That's Sometimes people have interview shows and they're just, they're conversations that don't give the value. They don't go anywhere. They're not targeted and focused, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I appreciate that, by the way. So you talked about how the podcast helped transform your business as well. And that's something that I wanted to talk a little bit about. A lot of the audience is entrepreneurs. And, you know, they're always thinking about how can I communicate my message in a way that resonates. So tell me a little bit about how you've seen entrepreneurs using podcasting, right? Maybe folks who weren't even thinking about podcasting. Uh, they're in another business, but they use podcasting to further their, their core business. So I'm going to use, I'm going to use someone who's in my, she actually worked with us in the podcast agency. She at the time was really well known in the UK as a divorce coach and she wanted to specialize in, in narcissistic abuse. And there really wasn't a podcast that there was some that briefly touched on that topic, but it's very, very niche. And when she launched her podcast, it was just back in August uh, of 2020. She had no following in the US at all. She did in the UK, but it was all it was all sort of native land based. Mm-hmm. Now, just however many months, six months later, she's had hundreds of thousands of downloads. She's reached 132 countries every single week since she launched. Wow. And she has over a third of her listenership in the US. <clears throat> so she went on, she went on to have launches where she's done two big launches since she launched, since she did her podcast for new programs. 
that have got her launches figures between 80,000 and uh, in terms of dollars, over half a million dollars. And she didn't have that capacity just six months ago. And, you know, she's fueling her Facebook her Facebook group. People are coming into her email lists. And this isn't a one-off. This is what can happen when you get your message right, when you understand who you want to communicate with. Because although podcasting is a, a one-way medium, actually what we're building is a relationship and rapport. So when you say to me, how uh, entrepreneurs want to know how can they get people to resonate with them, I think when we're talking about hearing a voice it almost goes beyond that generic marketing message of from an NLP perspective how can we get people to feel us how can we get people to be on the same wavelength and all of those I guess buzz phrases that are in marketing Mm -hmm. we're actually hearing someone's energy their pitch their timbre we're hearing there's there's more than just the words that comes through a podcast Absolutely. And we we can literally feel connected to somebody in that way because we get people, because we hear the rise, the fall, the difficulty, the challenge when they switch into that thing they know how to teach really well because it means something to them. And I think, you know, we talk so much in marketing as entrepreneurs, you know, you've got to understand the pain points. You've also got to show yourself. And what better way to do that than show up as you? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I find podcasts to be one of the more intimate ways to communicate with your audience and with your market. It's fascinating. And I also I'm a big proponent of the power of vulnerability and connecting with others and influencing. And yeah, I think sure. a lot of that comes across through the podcasting medium. So I think that that's, that's awesome. Uh, another way that I've seen a lot of folks in my network succeed is just by the amount of network that they're able to build through podcasting, right? You're able to talk to people you would otherwise have no opportunity to speak with. And they introduce you to other folks you'd have no opportunity to speak with. And you get to have these intimate conversations and, and learn so much. And it's just, there's a lot of value there. I know a lot of folks have found kind of clients that way as well, right? Especially in the B2B yeah, space. For sure. Yeah. And I think this is often the re- return on investment that's hidden in podcasting. People think it's just about reaching the audience. And that's important. That's important to bring people into your world, to trust you, to like you, to know you. But actually, it's the relationships that you have on and off air when you've had amazing conversations. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, any of us who are out there being brave, courageous, putting our content out there, we want to be meeting and talking with people who are on a similar wavelength, people who are doing similar things, who are as passionate about what they do as we are. And that's that for me is accelerated with podcasting. Mm-hmm. Because how often in life do we get an opportunity to sit eyeball to eyeball where there's the agenda is that we're having a great conversation that's going to provide value for others listening and for ourselves. I mean, it's a gift in many ways. Yeah. Like there's, probably no other scenario where you and I would be talking right now, right? I'm in Northern Kentucky in the US, you're in London, but the medium of podcasting has brought us together, which I just think is amazing and really cool. Yeah. And and the whole COVID situation, lockdown situation, it has accelerated the amount of interesting, relevant conversations happening between individuals who actually have a purpose to help others. Absolutely. And, and that for me... When it comes down to it, when I my business messages are about being visible, get get yourself visible, and also amplify what you have to say because 
that's how we reach people. That's how we have that ripple effect across the world. That's how we help people with relationships, with business, with mental well-being. And I actually think that as podcasters, we can affect change. Mm. Couldn't agree more. I, I can't tell you how many things I have added to my life by listening to podcasts. You know, whether it's, you know, thinking about how to be healthy or having a better relationship or how to achieve something in business, right? Because you get to hear from folks who've done it before and what works and what doesn't and get really great tips on how to apply that to your own life. So it's, it's a super powerful medium. So is there, is there a moment then, it's one of my favorite questions to ask back to, to people I'm being interviewed by. Is there a moment where you've listened to a podcast that has stopped you in your tracks and really made you think? Absolutely. Probably a number of them. Are there any that just make you go, yeah, that changed that for me. That made me go in a different direction. That made me turn something around. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just recently, uh, as I'm thinking about how I'm marketing myself and my show and courses and things like that, right? Listening to a show around social media strategy and what's working and Clubhouse, right? So I joined Clubhouse last week after hearing mm -hmm. Gary Vee talk about it on his podcast, right? So that's an example right there of a step I took because of something I heard on a podcast. It's not so dramatic as night and day, like it wasn't doing podcasting mm -hmm. and, you know, or, or like was going this way, now I'm going that way. But a uh, hundred things I've started doing in my life because I've heard about them on a podcast. Yeah, for sure. And funnily enough, the whole thing with, with Clubhouse, I just today ordered some extra podcasting kit to allow me to create my podcast whilst on Clubhouse, as long as you tick all of their T's and C's. And I think, again, that's a way that we can communicate with more people mm -hmm. in a different way. And I think that, I think we can't really ignore Clubhouse right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I was aware of it, but I hadn't really dove into it yet until I heard mm -hmm. kind of Gary Vee and the folks he was talking to talk about how they're leveraging it. And I was like, oh yeah, I think that that's an avenue I should definitely be exploring. Mm. So to change- yeah. To change topics a bit, I did want to get into the voice acting side of things. So tell me a little bit, I guess, first about how you got into voice acting in the first place. So I'm talking to you right now, as, as Greg can see, I'm talking to you from what looks like a very posh, proper studio with all the padding on the walls and the proper, proper kit and equipment. But this actually used to be my airing cupboard. It's in the middle of my house. We used to many years ago have all the linen and the bedding and the towels in here. And the reason we created this space was because 11 years ago, I suffered a major complication in my third pregnancy and they thought that I wouldn't walk again. Wow. And I'd been an actor. I had been an actor before that. And so that was, well, it's devastating to hear, expect never to walk again at any point. But I had three very, very young children and I basically thought everything was over. And there were a couple of things that happened in quite quick, quick succession. Now, to put in context, I've got three very young children. I'm not getting out of bed. I'm not washing. I'm not looking after myself because I was in agony, never mind the, the sort of mental state I was in. Mm -hmm. I went and saw a hypnotherapist who actually didn't do what I'd expected, which is the classic, put you under trance and, and, and that kind of thing. Instead, what he, he did was he talked to me. And it was my first brush with NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which many communicators know all about. Mm -hmm. And he got me to think, well, what if you could be disabled and be a great mum, earn loads of money and still be really well known as a talented performer? What would that look like? And that kind of made me go, oh, OK, I'd already ruled out the whole life that I wanted. Mm -hmm. What if what if I could still be that energetic person, even if I'm in my wheelchair? The other thing that he said was, what if the doctors weren't right? What would that look like? Mm -hmm. 
so I felt like I had all of these synapses just exploding in my head because I just I was so locked into this world of my life is over and someone's just said what if you think differently now what happened was a few weeks later somebody found on their a producer for various voiceover work found a demo that I'd produced the week I left drama school age 21 that was a CD of me looking very serious with a headshot and they were booking me for a job and it I happened to be in the car on the way to hospital with my father and my dad said why did you tell them you can't go you need something good in your life and so I rang the back and I, I didn't even know how I would get there how I would even walk into that building but I did. And while I was there, when everyone else went and I was on crutches and I, I think I took a Zimmer frame, actually, instead of the wheelchair. And the engineer at the time said to me, if we'd known that you were injured, we could have set you up with a home studio because at that point, the whole audio industry was starting to move from London studios to home studios. Mm-hmm. And so it was like it was just like a gift from the gods, really. And so I spent all that time when I was laid up in bed learning how to edit, how to record. And then I started working in commercial and um, video games. And then eventually I niched really into the voice acting side of it. And I won multiple awards in Hollywood for numerous audio audiobooks and video games and radio dramas and that was kind of nuts <laughs> so um and I got to a point where I was literally it was six years later it was almost to the day six years to the day of when I've been told to expect I'd never walk again and I'm I'm so such a mess I can't even it's hard to even convey what my life was like back then but six years later, I'm standing on the red carpets in Hollywood, wearing a pair of high heels, having won multiple awards. And at oh. that point, I felt like I just woke up and I then have to get my message out there. So that kind of then is how I then came into the entrepreneurship space, the self-help space. And then obviously, because I had that audio background, I've kind of gone full circle. And now I help people to get louder with their messages because of <laughs> casting so I've kind of had these massive pivots in my business and my journey but if that hadn't happened to me if I've never had that low point I wouldn't be where I am now yeah I love that if, uh, to be a successful entrepreneur you have to be flexible and you have to make adjustments and you've certainly done that but I, I also love diving into the voice as a tool right to gain a more attention to tell a compelling story to seem more authoritative with your message so I'd love your thinking on just how can your average everyday person, your entrepreneur, your manager, your leader, be, learn to use their voice more effectively? I think this depends on which context as well. So I ha- obviously help people a lot with, with how they sound on the microphone. Mm-hmm. And some of that, as you'll see, I'm very energetic. My voice my, is, is naturally quite high. But if I really want to deliver something to you, I'm going to lower it. I'm going to feel it in my belly. My breathing's going to change. And I'm going to slow. And understanding that you have these, this massive instrument at your disposal, disposal and that you're in control of it rather than it running you can make a massive difference. Yeah. I think quite often, particularly at the moment in the entrepreneurship space where people are podcasting, they're on Zoom all of the time. There's a lot of fear about how I'm going to be seen. Am I looking right on camera? Am I not? And actually often slowing down breathing in, even if you, like me, you have a fast energy and thinking, well, what is it I want to convey here? How can I center myself? How can I center my body? How can I center my breath? You're going to get a much 
clearer reflection of who you are because you're not constraining. And quite often that's about making sure that you're you're upright, not that you're forced upright, but that you're upright and relaxed mm-hmm. um, and aware of your posture. I think also it's about working your articulators, making sure that the first time you speak in the morning isn't when you're trying to record your podcast. You've actually <laughs> warmed up. You, you're laughing because I'm sure you've tried it, but you don't get as good quality audio. The mm-hmm. microphone can hear all sorts of things going on. You can tell when someone's had a, had a milky coffee if you know what you're listening for. And so it's just being aware. It's being aware that you have a lot of control over your instrument. And I think um, it's being aware also of your message. And I think when you slow yourself down and you remember why you're doing whatever you're doing publicly, be it speaking on stage or going on an interview, then that can come through your voice and your delivery. And I think it takes practice, right? Like it's kind of uncomfortable to start doing something you haven't done before with your voice. But when you practice the message you want to get across and you think intentionally about, well, you know, this section I want, I love thinking about, well, what emotion do I want them to feel? And then how can I convey that and and do that in sections, not like every word or every sentence, right? And and kind of have that in my mind and then practice being higher, being lower, even being silly, right? To just loosen up and be flexible. Like if I can be silly here, then I can actually do it here, which is a little bit less extreme, but something I'm much mm. more comfortable with. So how how can practice. you rein that in? How how can you rein in that story, that that punchline where you are telling something that is that is vulnerable, that's open? How can you just take people on that journey with you? Yeah. Yeah. And the idea that, I mean, some of it happens naturally, but some of it can certainly be emphasized in, in an authentic way with practice. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, Interesting. I was going to say, just a couple additional questions I'd like to ask everybody who I have on the show. Mm-hmm. So the first, and you almost alluded to this earlier, like when you were talking about what I heard on a podcast might change your life, I always like to ask if mm-hmm. you've had a conversation that has driven you down a direct hope, direct path that is maybe a bit different than you were heading originally. I think mine are all based in some of my NLP trainings. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've described to you the one that I had with a, a, an NLP practitioner. He said, well, what if you, what if you could change? the way you saw yourself. And then several years later, when I was training to do my master NLP practitioner, because I knew how much being aware of how I was thinking and how I was seeing the world changed things. And at that point, the conversation was about, well, what if you didn't always have to say that you were overlooked? And that was really interesting because I hadn't even noticed that I was often saying it in my language. And at that point, I realized that there were many things that I was believing from my childhood, from my relationships with my brothers, that actually I was holding myself back and nobody else was responsible for the results I got or how I showed up in the world. And that was actually a key part of me deciding, okay, if I can lead my people, even if I don't even know who they are yet, and I'm starting from scratch, if I know that it's okay for me to stand out. If I know that it's okay for me to get visible, which is what I talk about all the time, because I know it's going to help someone else, then it's okay to be that leader and to to stop suppressing qualities that I've always had. Mm -hmm. And I think often those important conversations are pointing out to us things that we've believed for a very long time, but that aren't true. Very much so, yeah. 
And it's fascinating kind of what you can do when you take off the veil of fear, you know, that you don't even sometimes realize is there, right? The veil of fear of being afraid to be yourself, I think, in different contexts, it can really be liberating and powerful. Absolutely. For me, this used to show up in, I'm, you know, I'm a confident woman, but then I would hold back on things because I'd be scared no one would like me. And that would play into a story of when I was 16 and I was attacked by a gang of girls and and without knowing it, the trauma of that was then informing all sorts of things I was doing as an adult woman. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you notice them and decide to do something differently? And for you, I mean, you, you talked about decide, you, the, the concept of doing things differently. And I, the word that always comes to my mind is what if you decide, instead of being driven by fear, what if you decide to be playful? Because if you decide to be playful and test and find out and try, well, that's just living a really great life and there's no failure. Yeah, and if there's no that. failure, then you can go on and do what you want to do. Yeah, that's a great thought. Second question, thinking about all that you've accomplished so far, if there's one communication skill that you could have had in more abundance that would have made it a lot easier, what would that have been? In terms of communication skill, I would say that it's actually about... It's to do with the NLP way of realizing that what I'm seeing from other people is not necessarily the truth of what's there. Mm -hmm. So, for example, in a situation, so I've talked about how being bullied and attacked when I was younger would inform all sorts of situations. One of the ways this would play out for me as an actor is that I was already expecting to be rejected. I was expecting that there would be a fight. So when I walk into that room, I've already decided that they're against me. Now, what would have happened to me age 21, 22, had I had the knowledge I had now that everyone in the room is just doing what they need to do for themselves and none of it's about me. I would have met them in the room. I would have been open to communication in such a different way. My body language would have been different. My eye eye contact would have been different. And I think that understanding that the way you see things is through such a lens that you don't even realize the lens is there and that there are a myriad ways you could see every conversation is a gift that can improve so many facets of your communication. Couldn't agree more from all perspectives, right? Whether you're thinking about talking to your team and what resonates with them, or if you're in a sales scenario and you're talking to prospects and clients, to if you're on stage presenting, I, I always find it super helpful to take that outside perspective and, hey, what else could this mean? Maybe it's not about me, um, especially mm-hmm. from a stage fright perspective. But then often I find myself not doing that, right? Like I know I should do it, but then I don't go down that path and you let the emotions take over. So it's always a battle back and forth. Yeah, for sure. And I don't think anyone who is qualified or experienced in anything to do with mindset and how you perceive the world gets this right. Mm -hmm. It's a journey. It's something you have to keep revisiting because there's no one way. There's no one way to see the world. Yeah. I think that's another important lesson for entrepreneurs just in general who want to be out there with their message is you don't have to be perfect 100% of the time in whatever it is that you're coaching or teaching or selling um, because nobody is and nobody expects you to be. I think that that's really powerful. I know that when I was starting out four years ago in the entrepreneurship space, I got so many things wrong, but they weren't wrong because I grew from them. And if I'd not shown up in the first place, if I'd not backed myself to show up in the first place, I'd be living with more regret than had I not done the things that I then messed up (laughs) and grew from. Absolutely. So last question for you. 
who is the best communicator that you know, either know personally or know of, they could be alive or dead. And, and why do you say that about them? I'm actually going to go for Brené Brown. And I think mm, it's because she Brené has Brown. literally opened up that conversation about vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And she's done it in such a way that it's heard and, and understood by people all over the world. And she's done it from a scientific background. She's done it with the research. She's done it with authority in her own soft, caring, yet accomplished manner. And that, for me, is really, really great communication. Couldn't agree more. You know, and- her, her speech, what's the, what's the famous speech called? The TEDx talk. I don't know the name it of the speech. It's about the power of, power of vulnerability. It's amazing. If you've yeah. never seen it, go watch it. She's my go-to on anything vulnerability related, right? She's where I go first to, to think about how do I help the folks I work with be a bit more vulnerable in a professional setting because it's mm. just the foundation is so powerful. Got to get her on the show. Haven't explored that yet, but it's definitely a, a hope down the road. That would be a win. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely would be. I'm sure she's pretty busy though. So last, last question for you. Where can folks find you if they're interested in getting your help? to promote their podcast or to launch a podcast, Mm -hmm. how can they connect with you? I think the best way is to come and find me on my show, which is Entrepreneurs Get Visible. Mm -hmm. It does what what it says on the tin. It helps you get your voice louder. It helps you be seen and heard in all the right places. And I also run the podcast membership and the podcast agency. But if you head over to my show, then you'd be able to find out all the information. (laughs) <laughs> Very cool. And you probably work with folks globally, right? Not just in the UK, I'm sure. Uh, work with people all over the world, all over the world to have number one, number five, number whichever. We can never guarantee, but mm-hmm. we've, ne- we've never had anyone not do it credibly well. I mean, we've literally got people transforming their businesses within weeks of launching a successful podcast. And that for me just makes my heart sing because... Yes, it helps their bank account. Yes, it helps their followership. But they're reaching people and making a difference. And, you know, in that respect, podcasting right now is one of the most important mediums. And it's interesting to see what will happen over the next couple of years. Yeah, amazing. So definitely go check in out. Check out our show if you're an entrepreneur and you're looking to drive more visibility via podcasting. A lot of great thoughts on top of what we talked about today. So definitely check out. And I want to thank you for taking the time a ton of great insights for the audience. I learned a ton um, that I'm going to try to apply in my own podcasting journey. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Don't let the momentum stop now. Continue your path towards connecting at another level by joining the Communication Nation. We'll be discussing today's topics as well as more real-world solutions to transforming your life personally and professionally at facebook.com slash groups slash join the Communication Nation. Remember, you're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and life. And that conversation starts right here on The Art of Communication.